0: always nice to share anytime you get any sort of win um, with the people you're serving or even funding wins or staff wins, people like to see behind the curtain, share good news. Nonprofits should be a beacon of light and hope in the world.
1: Hi, everyone, I'm Tristan McIver, the program advisor here at AMZ NPO Solutions. Today on The Strategic Nonprofit, we will be talking about values-driven decision-making. I've invited Ashley Sang on the podcast today. Ashley comes from the international development and nonprofit sector. She is a brand messaging strategist and consultant. Ashley works with purpose-driven founders to grow their businesses and their impact. and she still serves a number of nonprofit clients. Welcome to the Strategic Non nonprofit Podcast Ashley. Here at AMC we do a lot of live webinars and virtual training for nonprofits across Canada. If you're looking for virtual governance training or strategic planning for your NPO, drop me a message and I'll be happy to go over options with you. More details are in the show notes. Thanks so much for having me. Can you share a little bit more um, with our listeners about your work with nonprofit clients?
0: Yeah, so as you mentioned, I come from the international development space. So I was living and working in Senegal, in West Africa for four years. And um, I was originally serving on, um, I, I was serving our founder and CEO so, I learned all kinds of uh, logistics and strategic planning and board management and donor relations and all the things that come with C suite activities. Um, I was learning sort of <laughs> in right straight out of college. Um, and then I found my way to the communications department and really dug into not only inter- um, internal communications, but also that storytelling, those those donor communications, and um, learned a lot about converting pretty dry reports from the field and turning them into something that someone would want to read. Um, And then I was feeling a bit disconnected, honestly, from the people we were serving. It was such a powerful mission. Um, It was a human rights education NGO, but I was feeling pretty far removed anytime I would visit the field, people um, spoke national languages, not the French or English that I brought. And I wasn't really able to connect with the people we were serving. So when my husband got his green card, he's Senegalese, uh, when we were able to move to the States, we um, sort of ended up in my hometown. Um, kind of on accident. And I was actually really impressed with how many thriving nonprofits there were in this town that I had mostly grown up in. Um, I just really didn't understand the small business and nonprofit landscape in my area. Um, So I ended up working with a local Habitat for Humanity. And still, I was feeling a little bit disconnected. Um, I was doing communications work. And I was freelancing on the side ever since Senegal. And I just decided, you know what? I wanna start my own business. I want to work with many, many different organizations who have many different missions and support them in their growth in the way that I can specifically sort of inject into their, um, into their outreach essentially. And that way my impact will be amplified on a bigger scale and it will help these nonprofits. Have more impact. So since then I've worked with many nonprofits and um, social enterprises and just people who are trying to do good in this world.
1: That is an amazing um, development of of your passion. Uh, that's and it's really fantastic that you were able to put that into place in your hometown you know, where you grew up and, and, and do that. That's perfect. So what, what is values driven decision making? Can you explain that a little bit more to our listeners?
0: Yeah. So for me, it's approaching every problem or opportunity with your values as the lens and anchor. So your values and when I mean your values, um, especially in the context of nonprofits, it's really the organization's Values. What do you stand for in the world? What do you want to be known for? Besides the awesome impact, the amazing, innovative programs, like what is it that you stand for at the end of the day? Those are your values. So, those values serve as a gut check. It allows your leadership teams, even people who are not in leadership positions, to then live out the purpose of the organization. So you can make choices about things that make your mission and vision possible. Because if they're in alignment with your values, it's going to be moving you toward that mission, right? So it's so easy to get pulled in many different directions. Um, Oh, this opportunity, or this funder requirement, or the pressing needs that have come up with the people you serve. And if you sit, reflect, anchor it in your values, you're able to make the decision that is best for the organization and ultimately the people you serve. So imagine, for example, you are a youth education nonprofit and your normal programming is in school and it's, you know, very education specific. But uh, with something like a natural disaster or COVID or anything else that comes up, you have the opportunity to take part in a clothing drive or be part of meal distribution or anything else that would support um, people in sort of low-income areas or whatever it is that you, the population that you're trying to serve. So when you are making a values-driven decision, you ask yourself, does it make sense to participate in this activity or not? And if, if yes, if it's aligned with your values, and if this barrier is preventing the kids you serve from learning, then it's in alignment. If it's not, if it's just peripheral, if they're getting support from other organizations, then that is distraction from your values and your dollars and your staff's time that would be better spent reinvesting in your own programming. So for you to decide, for you to use your personal values um, to make those types of decisions.
1: Yeah, no, I really like that um, distinction you made about the gut check. That I think you know, with the with the staff, um, with the donors, with the board members, or if you have a membership involved as well, it's really important to to, as you say, recognize what is your, what, what are you, what is your target here? You know, and with, um, with marketing, you know, I mean, a lot of, um, organizations don't think they have the budget for marketing, but what, what could like to get your word out more than just, you know, putting flyers out and and that type of thing, what, what type of, um, outreach and marketing, um, would you suggest for that?
0: Yeah. So marketing is very often the first thing that gets cut or never even makes it onto the budget. <laughs> but I think that is such a missed opportunity because you can only make an impact if people know what you're doing. You cannot be the best kept secret and have the type of transformation that you're after. It, it just simply cannot be done. Um, so in your marketing decisions, You should be committed to making those values known. Um, Telling the stories that are going to capture people. Um, And we can dig into different types of content later. But with values-driven marketing, um, those values are the common thread to seemingly distinct items or campaigns or anything else you could be producing. So those values are what inform your content choices, your website copy, your hiring decisions, even, Um, you know, do you need someone who is able to be out in the community all day, every day? Um, do the people who answer your front desk know what your mission is and know what your values are? Are they living it out? Um, Those are very important marketing and operational decisions that should be directly tied to your values. Um, Same thing with where you seek your fundraising dollars. Uh, If it is in alignment with your values, it should feel right, Uh, not only for you and your staff, but also for the funder. It should be a, a, a fairly quick yes, right? You shouldn't be having to convince them, oh, but we're doing so much good in the world. They should feel it um, in the way you deliver it and um, in the way that the stories and messages are told. So um, one concrete example, for example, um, is I was working with a board and they were hosting a celebration event. And they were deciding, it's a Christian organization, and they were like, oh, I don't know if we should be offering alcohol at this event. But nothing in the Christian religion prohibits alcohol from being served, right? So um, even, but, but they sort of valued this very conservative nature. So they had to make the judgment call of, yes, we will be having alcohol and promoting that, or no... Uh, We do not want to, or no, we don't want to be part of this fundraiser where um, they do like guest bartenders um, at a local bar, right downtown, right where their office was. They needed to decide, is this in alignment with our values? So yeah, values show up in every single piece of marketing you do, and you should absolutely be investing in your marketing so that more people know about you and more people are able to become your advocates on your behalf.
1: Mm Absolutely. Absolutely. That's really that's that's an interesting um, uh, story that you shared, because, yeah. um, Is it going to be, as you say, in alignment?
0: Right. Mm -hmm.
1: That's really, really good thing to consider. Um, So as part of media um, content, what what type of content should um, an organization be, be sharing?
0: Yeah, so good news is always nice to share. Anytime you get any sort of win um, with the people you're serving or even um, if it's not um, uh, confidential or something like that, even funding wins or staff wins, people like to see behind the curtain, share good news. Nonprofits should be a beacon of light and hope in the world. So the more stories you can collect of that nature, it's always a win. Um, beyond that... You should be coming back to your values and your audience. So ask yourself, when you are creating content, when you're investing all this time and energy into it, what does your audience want to hear? How can you serve them through this thing that you're creating? Um, Your content should absolutely absolutely not be strictly a fundraising letter. uh, Once a year or once a month, that is not sufficient content. Um, Content should either be, Educational, so um, inform people what the problem is, inform, inform people what some of the solutions are, inform people how you're part of that solution, et cetera, et cetera, right? You can sort of mind map it from there. Um, so it should be educational or entertaining. Um, so especially if one of your values is um, levity, you know, like bringing more joy to the world or something, something along those lines, can you incorporate humor? Can you pull from some sort of um, popular meme that's going on, or um, you know, the, uh, uh, w- any anything from pop culture, or anything that is specific to the audiences you serve, or um, or or speak to how can you entertain them, right? Nonprofits do not always have to be, we have this dire issue and we are working to solve it, the fight against, it doesn't always have to be that. It can be entertaining. Um, And then the sort of third bucket is that inspirational. Um, And that is often the success stories from programs, but it can also be other curated sources of information um, or uh, of inspiration that you're able to find. um, If it inspires, it will move people. And if you can tie it back to your values and mission, it will feel relevant. Um, Obviously nonprofits lean toward the inspiring more often than not, but there's definitely something to be said for the other two buckets. Um, especially if you're aiming to reach new or different audiences, those sort of educational or entertaining um, methods might be, the door in to that new um, group of supporters that you never thought you could reach before. Um, But yeah, just to reiterate, content should not be constantly asking for funds. Fundraising is absolutely important. You should absolutely make those asks, but it should, your content should not always be about fundraising. Um, You need to build up that trust, that likability, and that stickiness in people's memories in between so that your fundraising campaigns are stronger and have a more relational foundation?
1: Yeah, you know, as you were talking about uh, inspiring, being funny, you know, uh, humor, I'm on LinkedIn a lot and I'm looking at a lot of content and I'm following many not-for-profits and I actually look forward to some, some of them in particular. Because yes, they have, you know, they have a, a mandate uh, and, and, you know, their goal behind things, but some, some of the stuff is really funny and, you know, it keeps me engaged and, and that's, that's perfect marketing right there to, you know, keep me wanting to keep reading. And I mean, there's some where I'm like, oh, you you know, I, it, I'm not interested not Mm -hmm. interested, but that's a, that's a, that's a really, really good point about, you know, keeping the audience, um, you know, entertained or informed or, you know, um, looking, looking forward to, to reading your content, which is, which is uh, the goal keeping you in mind. Right.
0: Yeah. It makes it a lot more shareable too. Right. You're probably a lot more likely to pass along this funny thing you read or this, like, wow, I never knew this sort of piece um, than uh, a story that really pulled at your heartstrings, and, and maybe you would pass that along. But the three buckets sort of give you more opportunity to have more people share your message on your behalf. That's less work for you. That's less dollars spent. And that's, again, that relational because it's real people, not just this big organization that's saying how amazing they are. So yeah, shareable is good.
1: Yeah. And I remember you had mentioned um, in our conversation previously about two core audiences. Can you explain about those and uh, different ways to reach them?
0: Yeah. So so, yes, I approach sort of everything from that values and audience lens. And nonprofits, without a doubt, always have at least two core audiences and they need to speak to them differently. Um, One is, of course, the funders. You need the money to keep the lights on, to keep the mission alive. Um, But the other one are the beneficiaries, the the people who are going through your programs, the people who are receiving your services. Um, You need to reach those people, too, at least in some capacity. And, of of course, there are other audiences that you can consider. And, of course, not every funder needs to be approached in the same way. So you, you should certainly have audience personas for Multiple segments of the people you're trying to reach, but the big, big buckets are those funders and those beneficiaries. So, what it comes down to in communicating with them is think about their needs and their preferences. Um, In terms of the content you're creating, funders might need some data mixed in. You know, a lot of people make those, write those checks based on the facts and figures, right? But you also absolutely need that mix of inspirational in order to justify their donation, because at the end of the day, we're emotional beings, right? So um, they might need, uh, you you need to find the right balance for your specific funders. Whereas program participants might need some education, around resources that are available to them, or the fact that change is even possible. They may not even seek out your services or bother filling out your your intake form or calling the front office or whatever else, because they don't even think that their life could be better. They think they are stuck in this situation. So um, in addition to seeing success stories of people who look just like them, who have lives just like them, they also might need some of that education around the programs, right? Um, And then in terms of how you're delivering it, really think about where they'd like to show up in the world. Um, Are they reading the newspaper? Which social platforms are they on? What time of day? Do they even have time to be reading emails or seeing ads or doing anything else. Um, You know, if you are a single mom that works three jobs, how are you gonna reach her? Uh, Really, really think about that. Um, Which community centers are people part of? Are they print versus digital people? And then again, if one of your values is environmental stewardship, should you be printing and sending a 40 page annual report to every single person on your mailing list? Probably not. Um, and they would probably appreciate getting a virtual version, even if they are slightly less tech savvy, right? So all of these considerations, um, you don't have to shoot in the dark. You can really think about who is it in my, that I'm trying to reach and how do they like to be reached? Um, and this is really where sort of demographics and psychographics come into play. Demographics are sort of those boxes that people check on paper, um, their income level, where they live, uh, how big their family is, that sort of thing. And then the psychographics are what I think is most important in outreach. And that's really what people care about, what their preferences are, um, how they like to interact with the world, um, what's going to convince them that your organization is right for them to be part of. So, um, yeah, I have a resource on um, demographics and psychographics that can be helpful. We can share at the end, but um, really, just think about the people you're trying to reach and do not do blanket solutions for all of your communications.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I know, I know that a lot of um, a lot of people talk about that elevator speech, you know, that quick little blurb of what you know what your organization is to quickly i guess if you're in a in front of somebody get them interested and engaged um what i mean basically it's storytelling you know and so with with that what would you suggest as being the best um, way to tell, tell the story of your organization and, and make that impact. And, you know, in a a quick, in a quick sort of, you know, point in time, I guess you could say. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So the elevator pitch, which, you know, you might think of like networking or super corporate or whatever, but nonprofits absolutely need an elevator pitch. I know that nonprofits can do all the things they want to do all the things you likely do all the things, but Uh, someone cannot absorb that the first time they talk to you and someone is not going to remember that and be able to explain that to someone else outside the organization. If you just throw, well, we do, uh, disaster relief and education and health and hygiene and all the things, no one is going to remember that. So you want your quick pitch, your quick explanation to really pack a punch and be memorable, So you want to hit on those values and that core audience of beneficiaries. So something like we do this thing, this overarching thing that we're trying to accomplish and bring into the world for this very specific group of people. Of course, other people could benefit, but who's really at the core? Really nail that down. So we do this thing for this group of people so that and the, so that is the transformation that you are making possible. Um, that is really the common thread between all of the different programs that you have and want to bring into the world. Um, that's the root of it all. So ask yourself, why do donors give you millions of dollars or however much your budget is? Um, or why does your sh- staff show up to work every day? It is because of this short little statement, even if you haven't ever um, articulated that before. And it's its really, they're, they're not donating. They're not showing up. P- people are not coming to you for your services because of this specific program or that. The programs can adapt. They, they will evolve over time. They're coming to you for that impact. So if your elevator pitch focuses on the impact and transformation that you are personally making possible in this world it's going to be memorable people are going to be able to absorb it and spread the word on your behalf and they'll be able to see that vision that you're working toward cuz if you bog it down with too many details of like well we have this music one and this art one and all the things they're they're going to it's going to get lost in translation so the simpler you can make it and the more specific you can make it, the easier it is for people to come on board with that vision. Um, And then we can dive into storytelling specifically if that's helpful, but otherwise that elevator pitch is short, sweet, punchy.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, is there anything else that you wanted to share? Did you want to touch a little bit more about the storytelling or any other um, things as a wrap up for for the podcast?
0: Sure. Yeah, we can, we can dip our little toe into storytelling. Um, you, you've probably heard, oh, tell stories. Tell, storytelling is great. Storytelling is powerful, especially in fundraising. Um, and that is because it is absolutely effective. Um, humans are able to connect the dots better between what you're doing and, and what you're trying to accomplish when there is a story to follow. Um you know when you're at one of the luncheons or breakfasts and they have the video and it, and it, it tells the sort of journey of the person who went through your services and that's so captivating because you can put yourself in their shoes. Um you can feel what it is that they were feeling. Um and we are all emotional beings at the end of the day. Um so you want to capture what it is that people are drawn to your mission for. Um, It's it's definitely about the heartstrings, but then once you hook them that way, that makes them care even more about the data or vice versa. But regardless, you, you really need the mix and you really need those stories from real people whose lives have Actually changed, because otherwise they're just sort of a faceless mass of doom and gloom, right? Like we know that the world is in, on fire in so many ways. Um, so if you can share how you're helping even one person, one family, one community, one country, whatever it is, um, that is has a lot more sticking power. And even beyond funders, stories are really, really great for referral partners to be able to leverage on your behalf and remember. Um, So rather than having to memorize this litany of programs and services that you offer, sort of like a a long-winded brochure or webpage, um, a story sticks. A story is easy for them to be able to share, add their own flair, and it's memorable not only for them, but anyone they tell it to. So you'll have all of these cause champions in your corner without any additional effort. You, you, you create the story once, you, you share the story once, and it proliferates from there. Um, it's also, storytelling is really great for staff to understand the reason for their long hours and their hard work. We all know that nonprofits are notorious for putting too many hats on a single person's head and asking too much um, quite often, right? So bringing it back to those stories, those real impact in people's lives is a way to connect your staff back to the organization's values and mission. It's a way for them to connect with the various audiences, the partners, the funders, the program participants, even each other. Um, Storytelling is just really the, the bridge that connects people, and ideas. Um, So really, if you are tapping into what the organization and the people who work there and the people who support it and the people who you serve care about, if you're tapping into that that value and story, um, you'll have success. You will grow and you will be able to make those steps closer to your mission
1: and you know i've i've seen it happen and i've been inspired um by those stories and those um the impact um from from what people are sharing so thank you so uh to learn more we'll have some information about yourself in uh in our show notes and then you have two um downloads for our listeners as well is that right
0: Yeah, yeah. So I have a couple free resources that could be really helpful for you, um, especially either if you are super new to either developing an audience persona or developing brand messaging that's actually aligned with your values. Or if you've done this strategic work in the past and you need to refresh, you need to check in and say, Have we evolved? Is this really the direction we want to go? Either way, the resources are useful for that. So one is very specifically about creating audience personas. One is very specifically about digging into your brand messaging. And both are with the goal of helping you show up consistently across the board, but also being able to adapt to different settings in a way that is always aligned. You always want that alignment, even if you are sort of um, shifting a little bit, depending on where you are, who you're talking to um, that flavor of the day, but always uh, it's still ice cream at the end of the day, you know?
1: (laughs) Mm, I like ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast today. I, I, It was very enlightening. I I really enjoyed chatting with you today.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. I always love chatting about values and mission and all the things. So thanks so much.
1: Okay, take care.
0: You too.